Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Today we are bringing back Briarly Horton, who you heard on episode 23 talking with us about make-ahead meals. As you might remember, Briarly is a registered dietitian and the prior food and nutrition director for Cooking Light magazine and before that Eating Well magazine. I know those are definitely two of my favorites. Um, She recently took a leap of faith, going out on her own, working for various media outlets, writing and editing. She's also a single mom with daughters who are three and six, and we've been following along with Briarly, watching her navigate these waters of being her own boss and juggling the chaotic life of a parent. Um, I've really been following along with her journey, um, which is really fun, on Instagram. She is very honest and open about everything in her captions, and it I find some inner strength um, when I do see a lot of the things that she's posting, which is amazing. Social media for good. Um, I've been following along with her journey on Instagram over the past months after originally talking to her on um, a previous episode, and I really couldn't think of anyone better to come on to the show to talk about balancing parenting, career, and taking leaps. And so let's get chatting. Hi, Briarly. Welcome back to the show. We talked to you about Make Ahead Meals several episodes ago, but know you also have another talent, and that is juggling. Juggling career, parenting, and all things life. Uh, Before we jump in, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since we last talked and what you have going on. Well, thank you for having me back. Um, I enjoyed our first conversation, and so I'm looking forward to today's. you know, I really just dove headfirst into content creation and I've really stayed there. So I'm still mostly in the publishing world. You'll see I've been writing for Health Magazine, for Better Homes and Gardens, um, online for Bon Appetit's Healthy-ish, and a handful of other publications, including like CookingLight.com, who I previously worked for, and EatingWell.com, who I also previously worked for. But also, I've started to find that there are some businesses outside of publishing who are really looking for content, and they're using it and leveraging it as a way to kind of broaden their reach and strengthen their brand name and their kind of like market positioning. And so I've started to, to dabble in that a little bit too, which has been a lot of fun. So you are busy. That's for sure. (laughs) Yes. Busy writing a lot of words. (laughs) Well, we are in the age of content. There's, you know, content creation. Everybody is is looking for that. So that's wonderful. But I guess that also means that you are juggling a lot right now. And it seems like you're working from from a home office. So I guess this means competing aspects of your life are all taking place under the same roof. I can relate um, at Produce for Kids we have an we have an office space and we kind of alternate between work from home and the office so oftentimes i too um have a lot of things taking place under the same roof especially over the summertime as we were just chatting about so how do you balance mommyhood with your career do you set a schedule for yourself even if you're not in a traditional 9 to 5 office setting so I do and I don't set a schedule for myself. And yes, the the work from home gig is no joke. I mean, it is, <laughs> I know. It is very challenging. <laughs> Even if your kids are in school all day, it's still challenging. It is. And summer is like the Wild West to me. Yep. Um, but I, 
I set a schedule for myself in the sense that I don't have after school care for either of my kids. So I pick up during the school year, I pick up my older daughter right around three o'clock and I pick up my younger daughter, uh, right around four o'clock. She goes to like an all day preschool program. Okay. So I try and cram as much as I can into that eight thirty to three o'clock time frame. Um, and so that's, that is my schedule and it's a lot of competing needs, of, of my clients. Like, what are my deadlines? Do I need to do FaceTime? Is there a set office I need to be in? And so usually at the beginning of the week, and then again, at the beginning of the day, I kind of mentally think about what I'm going to work on in the morning, what I'm going to work on in the afternoon. Um, and then I always reserve the after bedtime a couple nights a week for either playing catch up, finalizing something that is due, um, or like total downtime. But I make a point in my brain. And it's funny, I actually started this when I first had kids, but when I was still working in an office where I would take my nights once my kids went to bed and I would like make an active decision as to whether or not I was going to do something productive or not do anything productive. So that if I sat down and I watched two, two and a half, please don't judge me, hours of television (laughs) that I really just sunk into it and I didn't go to bed that night feeling guilty that I didn't do something. And so that's kind of how I schedule out my day. And I also, I have to exercise for my sanity. So I also make a point to say, okay, like what is my goal for how many days of the week I'm going to get a chance to exercise and, and how do I try and make that happen? And so I usually aim for like five days a week and I'm happy with four and I'm a little disgruntled if I only get three. Uh, but, but that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I do it. So a long way of saying, I look at the schedule at the beginning of the week and I kind of make a mental plan. And then every morning I do a check-in to kind of say like, okay, what's really going to happen today and what's really not going to happen. But I can't do anything between the hours of about three and eight o'clock. And I make, you know, that's, that's a part that I think is challenging as a working parent. And if I can be so bold as to say as a working mom is that sometimes you're a little uncomfortable admitting to the fact that you might not be available because you have, kids to take care of. And so I make a point to tell the clients that I do a lot of work for that I'm really not very available between the hours of three and eight, because it's just too hard. I either deliver a grammatically incorrect email or I'm barking at my kids for not being quiet and giving me 10 minutes to focus. And I just realize it's just not worth it. I hear you. I, I I feel like I have similar, very similar situation there. I know that time frame can be tricky at the end of the day. And I think, you know, um, a lot of people are in that nine to five setting. But I know as we evolve as a society, there's uh, we're being offered more balance and more flexibility to do those kinds of things. So I like the intention um, whether that is to that tonight, I'm not going to be productive. I'm going to, you know, or productive who says, you know, that's like kind of the meditation there watching your Netflix for two hours and escaping the day. Um, but I like that idea. I like that. I feel like sometimes I fall in between the two, but if I could just tell myself, all right, to tonight, 
are you going to be doing this and running around the house or are we going to to take a take, take a little time to catch up on our favorite show um no that's great tips so now what are your tips for looking um for women or parents looking to go out on their own and be their own boss it's just it's a really scary thing um I know it doesn't have to be, um, but what have been some of your struggles, um, you know, moving out of, I guess, that nine to five time set? And then what have the struggles been being your own boss and how do you overcome them? I think it is really scary. And and I don't at the risk of sounding negative. I mean, I was terrified and I I always said that I always wanted to work for the man I liked the structure of an office. I liked contributing in a, like that team environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked the, the consistency in knowing where my next paycheck was coming from, which when you lose your job, it all gets thrown out the window and you're like, well, who's to say that working for someone means a consistent paycheck? But there was something very soothing and comforting to me about having that. So I was petrified when my... When and I lost my job. And, and part of it is because I actually was in the middle of getting divorced. And I, you know, I had, for anyone that has gone through a divorce or some type of, you know, disassembling what you currently mm-hmm. know as your financial situation and your home life, you, there's a, there's a lot, it's a, it's a long process or for most people, it's a long process. Mm -hmm. And so I was in the middle of that process of saying like, okay, this is what I can contribute. This is what I can't contribute. This is what I'm going to have to take on by myself moving forward. This is where I need assistance. And then all of a sudden it was like, you just threw the baby out with the bathwater. And Mm -hmm. so I was so afraid that I didn't, I did not have the time to plan like what the, what my launch was going to be of working for myself. And I didn't have time to plan lining up various interviews and, and that sort of thing. But that fear, I mean, I, I've said to a couple of people like that fear, I think has allowed me to be as successful as I have become in the past eight months. And, you know, and success is measured by your own standards, right? So like, I feel like I am, I am successful. Somebody else might not think so, but, um, so I do, I think that with that fear, just lean into it. And, and if it's, it motivated me to just hustle. Um, and I think once, once you can, if you can take time to stop and look back and say, wow, look what I accomplished. Like I actually had a friend said that to me in December. Like he said, he was like, you should just stop and look at what you Mm -hmm. have accomplished in the past two months, like going into the new year that you've been out on your own. Um, and then my other tip for anybody who wants to go out on their own and be their own boss is it is, it is so cliche. And I actually recently hired a career coach to kind of help me work through some of my fears and some of my like barriers that I I'm struggling to get through. And And she said, oh, my gosh, you were like the perfect client because as cliche as it sounds, I truly have gotten every job because I knew somebody or knew someone who knew someone. 
So both like all of the actual office jobs that I had and also all of the freelance jobs that I have gotten have been just building my network. And, and so I would say like, build your network, make sure you're constantly feeding it and rely on it when you need to rely on it. It there, it's really important to say, Hey, I need, I need help. Like, can you introduce me to this person? Do you have any suggestions? Can I take you to coffee and tell you what I'm doing and just kind of bounce some ideas off of you? And then when you do get that job or you do get that contract or whatever, it's important, I think, to thank that person that gave you the job, but also to go back and thank the person that got, helped you get your foot in the door. Right. Because that, I mean, that's your network. And and I have a couple friends who have like really gone above and beyond and who have like really surprised me in like consistently helping me, not just right out of the gate, like time and time again, um, or volunteering my name for a project. And, you know, sometimes they'll get a text at like seven o'clock in the morning or nine 30 at night. Like, Hey, I just signed a new contract. Thank you so much. Like you're amazing. I so appreciate you. And that's all it takes. It does. And that network is so important. I mean, professionally and personally, it all kind of meshes together these days, especially as parents, that we can lean on each other. And I mean, you you should take a second if you haven't already to look at everything you have accomplished, because it's amazing. And I think all of us need to do that a little more often is just stop and recognize, you know, where where we're going and where we've come from and all of that good stuff because um if you just keep moving full speed ahead it 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 won't be good (laughs) it won't be good for your soul (laughs) it will not and sometimes you don't remember right and so that's kind of when I feel like if you're a black and white person like get out a piece of paper and just start listing out you know, what you are proud of. And frankly, it doesn't even have to be professionally. I mean, it could be a parent, like what makes you feel good about being a parent in the past six months? Um, or call your mom or your dad or call, I mean, you could even call your accountant, frankly, and say like, Hey, can you help me remember all the 1099s that I sent you? (laughs) You know, cause like that might be how you remember what you did. I don't know. Right. No, that's great. I just had a conversation with my older daughter about, life and timing um you know because we were we were talking about a couple of different things and she said oh well that's sad or, or that's this or and I said I know it seems hard to look at it in a different perspective but sometimes it's just you know in relationships it's about two people being in the right mindset and the right time and that can kind of translate over to career and finding you know the right fit or finding um you know, your inspiration and and what you want to be doing with your time. Um, And, and so I feel like your network, and then, like you said, it wasn't completely the perfect launch all planned out, but the time and kind of the universe kind of pushed you in that direction, and you have embraced it. So awesome. Thank you. All right. So being a mom and having a full-time career means you're constantly being pulled in different directions and time is limited. Um, Do you have any time management tips that help you balance everything? Please give me some advice. (laughs) Time management is, it is probably my biggest struggle. And I I actually text with my most recent former boss, if that makes sense. You know, my boss when I was at Cooking Life. Right. Uh Uh-huh. 
I text with her all the time when I forgot something or something 100% fell off my radar. I feel like I've been lucky that lately it's been a social commitment that I've completely forgotten about or I've double booked myself for a social commitment and I haven't totally dropped the ball in a professional capacity. But I will text her and be like, I did it again. And she'll write back and she'll tell me some story that she did where I think because I was so accustomed to being in an office and in a way when you, even though we all work, you know, like 24 seven, right. Our brains are thinking about work. Our brains are thinking Mm -hmm. about home constantly and it's all enmeshed together. When you go to an office, you're primarily focused on your work. Right. And then when you come home, you're primarily focused on home. Well, when they're one in the same, it's very challenging. Yes. So really, I've really just gotten to the point where I put everything on a calendar, like everything on my phone calendar. And I set two alerts sometimes, depending on what it is, 24 hours in advance and then an hour in advance. Um, because I just keep hoping if it pops up on my phone that there's less of a chance that I'm going to screw it up. Yes, I agree with the calendar. We have a wall calendar at home. I have a um, a just traditional planner that I have in my bag, and then I have my phone too. So I feel like, and I've been plugging, kind of meshing my my phone calendar with my Alexa at home. So even she's reminding me of things, which is amazing. I have it coming at me in like all directions. <laughs> so I, I can't love that forget. Idea. It is good. It is very good. My other, um, I guess, time management tip um, from me is that in the past, I've had a tendency if there's something on my list that I just, I don't want to say avoiding, but it's just like that thing that it's like, oh, I really don't want to write that or I'm not feeling inspired to talk about that, you know, or work on whatever strategy it might be, or even make a phone call to like, my car insurance company or something like I um, always heard about eating the frog which is funny you may have heard of it where it's you do the thing that you don't want to do first thing in the day so whatever that and I think everybody has that thing that's kind of like over your shoulder like hey you need to call your car insurance (laughs) remember remember you're like okay 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 so I'm like what is that thing that's kind of hanging over there and I've tried to take care of that first thing in the morning and open up the rest of my day to whatever else instead of pushing, pushing, pushing that. And I feel like that has really helped my time management and my energy so that I'm just getting whatever that might be taken care of first thing. I love that tip. And I feel like I have heard that mostly in the context of writing. Like if you're really struggling to write something, sit down and work on it first thing in the morning. Um, but I love that. I love that phrase, eating yeah. a frog. I, that I have never heard of, and that will stick with me for a very Yes, it long has. Time. I've been using it for a while now. And the other thing that I do is, and I've been, I've talked to our team about this and my girls, is that if you have a project um, that you just, <laughs> is the frog, that you can't tackle or just seems too big, I try to break everything into 15 to 30 minute like whatever I do should only take me 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And if it's taking going to take me longer then I need to break it out into two separate, like 
projects, so to speak. So I'll look at something and say, you know what, I've been working on this for how long? I think it's just too big to for me to tackle it as one. And so I'm going to break it into like fours. And when is it due? And I'll do this quarter, this quarter, this quarter, this quarter. So kind of breaking things out like that has helped me a lot too for time management. That's a great tip. As you can see, I've had to work on this one. Yeah, which I I mean, I think that I'm just in those like infancy stages of it. Like I am at the point sometimes where I don't actually know how long something is going to take me. So then what I've been what I've been doing is I've either been assigning a set period of time to it. Like if I'm writing an article, I will say like, I cannot spend more than four hours on this. And then I might break it out into a couple hours here and a couple hours there. Not because I want to deliver a bad product. It's more just one of those, like, I mean, I can edit until, you know, winter comes, but, um, but then I've been trying to go back and say, well, how long did that really take me? Because then it helps me with my planning moving forward, like to kind of like look back on it. Um, but I, I'm loving your tips. I'm, (laughs) I'm actually taking notes as we're talking here. I'm like, I need to try this one. Well, those are the two. And and even our team, you know, we'll sit down and talk like we'll kind of debrief on different programs or campaigns that we run. And we'll talk about time spent and like, okay, how long did you spend on that? Well, why? Like, what do we need to shift? Why did it take that long? Like there has like, you know, and we'll kind of shift things. So, yeah, I think it's like a work in progress. I'm I've been years now trying to figure out time management and and those are those are probably my two biggest things that have helped me all right so let me ask you this we don't want to like ponder on mistakes but what I know you've just been in this a short a short time but kind of like what mistakes I don't know if we could use a more positive word (laughs) have you made (laughs) so far working for yourself being your own boss and maybe as a work from home parent like whatever your learnings let's call them learnings oh I love that thank you for the positive spin (laughs) um what are my learnings so I would say two things one I already kind of touched on a little bit as a work from home parent is that I learned very quickly, although I will say I'm a stubborn human. And so I I had to make the mistake many times to finally draw a line in the sand. But I made the mistake early on that I would be able to be productive in that after school, dinner, bedtime, time period of the day. I would be productive like in a work capacity. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can be. I'm sure there are parents, even grandparents, like that feel like they have, you know, kids around them and they can be productive, whether it's professionally or let's call it personally, like folding the laundry or something. Um, but what I learned is that I can't predict it. And so to stop relying on it. So I can't say, okay, we're going to come home and you're going to watch 30 minutes of TV and mommy's going to sit down and answer X, Y, and Z emails because sometimes they're just not interested in watching the TV or there's nobody in the neighborhood to play. And so it's not going to happen. But then there are other times that I can I can sneak away. So very long winded way of saying the mistake I made was attempting to essentially multitask as both a parent and a working professional at the same time. Um, and it just, it left me in a bad headspace. You know, it, it, I became a parent in those time periods that I didn't want to be, and it wasn't worth it. Mm -hmm. So that would be mistake number one. 
um, or lesson learned. Don't work with your kids. Yes. <laughs> Learnings. <laughs> um, learning number two is um, when you work for yourself, it's very hard when at least for me when I especially when I was new at it to figure out what my time was worth. So and it was everything from what to charge for a project mm -hmm. to when to say no to a project. And when you're first at it, at least for me and I would say most of the people I've talked to, when you're early in the game, I mean you're just you're the yes man. You say yes to everything. Right. And then you kind of start to figure it out and you get your groove. And I still say a yes to a lot of things. Um, but trying to figure that out, and I would say, because if you, the advice that I got, and I read this great book, and of course I can't remember the title of it, but I'll email it to you later in case, in case you want to, you know, provide the information for yeah, anybody we listening. Will. We can put it in the show notes. But it was about, it was, somebody else recommended it to me, and it's all about what to charge. And the, the, which sounds so boring and so dry. So like if you're having a bout of insomnia, this might be a good choice. However, the, like the golden nugget for me was that when you're going out on your own, you can't take what you were getting paid before and back it into an hourly rate. Right. Because now there's so much more that you're responsible for. Like you don't get 401k matching anymore and you don't get health insurance. And so you're in this weird space. Like you don't know what to charge and you don't want to lose the job, but you don't want to undervalue yourself. And, and for me, it left me paralyzed, like to the point that I would drag out bidding projects because I wouldn't know what to do. And so my lesson learned was to kind of cultivate a really core group of people, professional peers that you trust, that trust you, that you can call on to not say, Hey, what do you charge? But to say, Hey, what is reasonable? Like, this is what they're offering me. Do you think that's reasonable? This, they're asking me what to charge and I don't know what to do. And just to kind of workshop it with a couple different people and then ultimately listen to your gut and come back to a place. And, and so that, that was a big lesson learned for me is that I got to a point where I feel like I bid low and I took a job and then I didn't enjoy it as much. And I wasn't as psyched about it because I felt somewhat undervalued at times. And I actually had a client recently that I was going back and forth with about um, the travel expenses and what the final fee was going to be. And I hate to sound so money focused, I, I, which, but anyway, and she finally said, she's like, we need to find something where you're happy and I'm happy because at the end of the day, when you show up for this project, I want you to be really jazzed about it. Right. And if you're not going to be jazzed about it based on what's in our budget, then let's just work together in the future and not work together on this project. And I was so like blown away by that approach. I was like, wow, now I really want to work for you. Yes, I agree. I think that just even in the past here at, at Produce for Kids working over the years, I've been here over eight years now and, you know, have seen kind of like bloggers and influencers evolve. And, you know, we work with a lot of those folks, um, content creators like yourself and um, we have gone the route where we've gone for like a bigger name person and um, it was just kind of like, all right, I checked off what I needed to do here for, for you and 
relationship over. You know what I mean? And so I think that that person is so right that you can tell, like if if you're not going to be passionate about something, if you're not going to put your full effort into it, then it's just better to to kind of move on for both parties, you know? Um, that's, yeah, that's that's good. And I know, like you said, I feel the same. Whenever you have those conversations, it's like, all right, now I really want to work with you because I feel like you're making a lot of sense. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you're like, I can really get behind that. Okay, let's let's make this happen. Yes, it just has to be mutually beneficial. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you're working for yourself because I've done some freelancing in, in my my former life, but I can agree where you get in that zone where it's like, yes, yes, I need all of the jobs. Like, I'm just going to say yes to everything because I need to just like build up my, build all of this up. And then it's, you find yourself thinking, uh, but I'm, I'm not, you know, (laughs) I'm not valuing myself by doing this. So that is a really good tip. It's, it's a, it's a hard balance. And I think that it's a, it's an ongoing, no matter how seasoned you are, it's an ongoing balance. It really is. But it's so good to have that network of people to bounce, you know, bounce things off of. And sometimes I think like, gosh, keeping up with like my network of people is a chunk of my day. But, you know, it not that it's a bad thing, but I tell myself like, you know, check in. I check in with my old bosses. I check in with people in the industry. You know, I just genuinely like know that they would be there to help me and that I'm always here to help any of them as well. So um, definitely invest some time in that in checking in with your network, even though it seems like something some, it is something that can easily just kind of slip off of your desk because it's not top of mind. But thanking people, like you said, and just checking in like, hey, how's it going? How's that project? You know, it takes two seconds. It does. It really does. And the thing, too, is that that personal connection, I think, makes a really big difference. But I also believe that social media has streamlined it a little bit. And so if you are on LinkedIn and you want to share an article or commentary, I mean, it's and I'm not saying something that you've authored necessarily, just anything that appeals to you from a personal or professional standpoint or Instagram or Facebook, that if you've can connected with people professionally in those outlets, you're, you are passively keeping up with them and they're keeping up with you in that way too. And so you can kind of give yourself a little bit of break of a break and be like, okay, I hope this is reaching as, you know, I hope this is reaching the right people. And then I, I don't feel so pressured to make that personal connection with every single person on some like revolving basis. Right. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Thank goodness. Well, you know, social media has its pros and cons, but I'm saying thank goodness because I, I, even before we started recording, I got all caught. I was like, I know everything about you. What's going on in your life? <laughs> you, we I don't know, even need right? to record. I'll just talk you. for you. <laughs> oh, my. All exactly. right. So, okay. So we'll, we'll wrap things up with one last question. So matter, no matter the industry or specific job, when you're balancing work, kids, and your personal life, things can get stressful. So how do you decompress? What have you found makes you feel rebalanced and energized after a stressful week of work? I am a big exercise enthusiast. Um, Sometimes, especially after a stressful week, like a little bit of a weekend warrior, not that I'm out there doing triathlons or Ironmans or anything like that, but just making a a point to exercise both both days of the week and then working in some 
like walking of the dogs with or without my kids. Um, it makes a big difference for me because it's just it's getting my head out of my computer and out of my phone. And it's it's giving me the space to just be. Um, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of yoga, as you know, since I just went on a big yoga retreat. Yes. Um, so yoga helped me walking my dogs helps me and I have to say I, I feel like a lot of people actually say walking their dogs um, and I don't know if it's because when I'm walking my two dogs I don't really have a hand to look at my cell phone but um, yeah I don't I have two but whatever box- it is I have two boxers that are one's 120 pounds so I gotta hold on for dear life oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah you really do have to hold on with both of your arms and your biceps flexed yeah I mean you there's no room for your phone you should leave that at home <laughs> Um, and then another one that another way that I do really decompress and, and I, I will be honest, I probably only do this maybe one day a month, um, or in like the really busy seasons, like the holidays, I'll make a point to carve out a a whole weekend where I just take that entire day or weekend and I immerse myself in family time. And I, you know, I plan fun things with my kids and some. Sometimes that's just having a movie night at home and sometimes it's going to the movies or it's going to the zoo. Um, and I really just say like, I'm not going to go to the grocery store and I'm not going to deal with laundry. And yes, you still need to make your bed and clean up your bedroom, but we're not going to rake the leaves or clean the gutters or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, because taking all that off the table and just having that time to enjoy them, uh, um, it, it makes me feel good as a parent and it just makes me feel connected to them as well. And and to just go at the outset, kind of like I was saying earlier about the TV watching at night, just to go at the outset and say, there is nothing getting done this weekend and we will pick back up mm-hmm. on Monday morning. Yeah, Helps a lot. I like it. Intention. I'm going to start doing more of that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today about balance and all of this fun stuff. I think we were able to share some great tips for for anyone listening. Do you want to give us an idea? I guess if you have any links, we'll link up to your book uh, that you talked about. And then any other um, new things that you're working on with any of those magazines or articles or anything that we can share out. We'll include that in the show notes. And then where can our listeners find you if they want to follow along like me? <laughs> uh, it's still Instagram. Um, I'm just Briarly Horton. And that you will definitely see See how I do and don't balance work and home <laughs> <laughs> on there. Absolutely. Uh, but that's the best place to find me. And of course, LinkedIn too. But that's, I'm not nearly as active as I am on Instagram. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll have you back, back here chatting again soon. Thank you. Thank you. As many a t-shirt and Instagram caption reads, adulting is hard hashtag um it can be but it doesn't have to be and I really think this episode offers us some great tips on keeping sane staying healthy and having fun reminding ourselves that you know you just need to take that time and allocate that time um to be present and be sure to check out the show notes for all of our link ups anything that we talked about during the episode we always link up to in the show notes 
and then new content available on produceforkids.com. We just recently added 10 ideas to fuel active kids, and you can also find out what produce is in season, uh, what you should be looking for in your grocery store at the moment to get that peak flavor and a great price, of course. Um, if you don't already subscribe to our Produce for Kids e-newsletter, you can get weekly recipe inspiration delivered to your inbox, our blog posts. Um, we'll link up to that in the show notes as well, so you can easily sign up. You can also sign up over at produceforkids.com. And then we have big news. The Healthy Family Project has started our own Facebook group, so you can join the Healthy Family Project um, by going over to Facebook and searching for that. Um, we'll also link up in the show notes if you want to go that way as well. And this group will really serve as a safe space for parents and caregivers to talk about raising a healthy family. So anything from dealing with a picky eater and tips to get more fruits and veggies onto the plates to exercising ideas to mental health. We really want to open up that conversation over on Facebook, and we welcome all of you to join in. Please join us there. Um, if you do like the Healthy Family Project, which we hope we, you do, um, please tell a friend and please leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. And if you want to tweet with me direct, I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer on Twitter, and you can find Produce for Kids on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.